0: So, Ducky Dev himself. Welcome. Hello. So, John, if that's okay with me calling you John, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, how are you doing today? I am doing fine, thanks for asking.
1: A little bit under the weather, um, but uh that's fairly minor in all of the ways that one could be less than fine, if you know what I mean.
0: Yes. <laughs> so this is like the thing with you John and I have this one thing to ask like how like well, how did you get into like game development Yeah it was um mostly by uh
1: let's say a process of um inevitability <laughs> Um I grew up playing video games pretty ravenously uh although uh we did have a screen time limit uh growing up um every second that I was able to find a way either around that screen time limit or in that screen time limit was spent excuse me was spent uh playing or thinking about video games i used to make little paper computers for myself and pretend to be playing video games while i was not playing video games i uh a lot of like the memories that i have uh in early childhood with friends revolve around video games i can still tell you. uh, every single video game that every single person that i ever encountered in my life uh owned um what where i played them in what room on what operating system uh there's a, a bit of obsessiveness right uh to that uh as it turns out that that makes sense i i tend to be a very obsessive person when it comes to like things like that um so uh there was kind of like this inevitable waiting moment of my growing up years where it's like okay where when am I going to finally figure out that I am able to actually make these things instead of just playing
0: them so you were so so John you' were really like you're really interested in doing more with that yeah I mean again the inevitability
1: factor right like yeah this from a very young age this was just like a hyper focus for me was video games so it was just a it was just kind of like, when is the switch going to flip um and uh as it turns out at some point i just happened to uh want to download game maker because i had seen my oldest brother david working in game maker and that that was the moment that the switch flipped right so after that it wasn't just about playing video games suddenly i was spending five or six hours a day after school tooling around in game maker trying to figure out what i was doing make a little platformer um and the the idea was always to be making something to share with other people i wasn't necessarily just doing it just because it was like oh cool what a cool little hobby i was like ooh, now i can make these things and i can get other people to play them um that was like my my early teenage
0: aspirations
1: so it in other so, words, it, wait, it's a natural wait,
0: wait, so wait a yeah. minute, yeah, because I, um, so I had to do my research this year about this, and uh, I did not know that, you, like, as soon as I got into contact with you a while back, I did not know David Zemansky was the brother of you. I did not know that. Then he <laughs> created Iron Lung, correct? Uh, no, Iron Lung, Dusk, um, Squirrel Stapler, that's a few that, that <laughs> people might uh, have heard of before, yeah. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. By the way, I did get a free copy of your game uh, from Dread XP a while back, oh, what, actually, what? and I did I did put a review on you. So thank you, I appreciate yeah, that. It, it was oh, really yeah. it, the the game. When I first played my Friendly Neighborhood, when I was first like brought up with the game, it brought me uh, to a lot of attention actually, because I rarely don't play games nowadays because I'm not really a gamer. But yeah, yeah I think that so you 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 created. A game that it reminded me of the Muppets is like <laughs> the Muppets like that's like literally like I don't know what else to think of it but I like Norman though like right as see as right as soon as you jump into the game I love how you see Norman I love his outfit I like the jacket I like the the hair.
1: We definitely wanted Norman to kind of feel a bit like the, the goofy, gentle, giant sort of character. Even though, like, height-wise, he's about the same height as some of the other puppets, shorter, in fact. But that was a bit of, like, the personality type that we had
0: in mind when we were kind of crafting who Norman should be. I am looking forward to hearing more about any MFN news in the future, because I will definitely kick it off again with that game again. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah, well we'll course. see we'll see where mfn goes in the future still haven't decided on that yet yeah so like w- w- what inspired you to like develop and start working on um my friendly neighborhood
1: it was uh, a bit of a mixture of ideas the first thing of course is survival horror that's a genre that i've always had a particular like for um although uh, as i've been doing more and more research on survival horror, uh, post-MFN, I've realized that there's quite a lot of titles that uh, really should be in my backlog at some point uh, to play to really get a full spectrum of the genre. Um, but uh, coming from games like Resident Evil uh, and, and similar titles, there is a lot that I wanted to dig into uh, in that regard. I also kind of uh, tend towards making things that uh, aren't as grotesque as they are uh, goofy. Uh, that I think that that's maybe even more more noticeable in my game that I made before Mfn called Kyle is Famous, uh, which kind of has that Looney Tunes component of these horrific things are happening, but in world that does not damage or harm anybody. You know, uh, in the same way where Looney Tunes are uh, the characters are constantly getting smashed with anvils and stuff, but that's just like a course of a normal day for them. Kyle is Famous is very similar to that. Um, so puppets seemed like a fairly good intersection of those ideas to me, uh, making something that could be kind of creepy and goofy um, without necessarily uh, needing to edge too far into the grotesque. Uh, puppets kind of enable you to do a lot of things. They're they're gangly and and have limbs that can fly over, all over the place, which can. Um, make things uh, through animation, kind of substitute for what would normally be like gore effects or heads blowing off. You can have puppets doing all of these wiggly animations instead um, and so you can still have good, good feedback when you're combating with them, uh, even without having to add in those more grotesque factors. Um, they also tend to live for a lot of people in the uncanny valley, just by default. Some people are just simply very scared of puppets. Um, and as silly as it sounds, that's something that can be delightful to them. If you're playing a game and you want to be a little bit creeped out and you already have a natural tendency to be a little bit creeped out by puppets, that's something that, uh, that you can take and, and use to the favor of the game in that circumstance. Um, so all of these things kind of came together. I I had a very limited time in which to conceptualize and pitch a, a project um, and so, uh, this seemed like the best option going forward for something that I would want to do and also seem, seem to have ideas for how I'd want to do it. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So just so you know, like, I mean, oh my God, like I'll be honest with you though, like game development was something that I would like get into like back in college. But you know, as uh, the years went by, I just kind of like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really my thing, uh, obviously, but. You know, seems to me there's people like you out there who definitely know how to bring smiles to people's faces. Definitely, you definitely you made me happy, man. You 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 know because for this year, you know, indie horror wasn't exactly something that I would actually quite you know be around for much longer. Mm. You know, I just I wanted to like find a new game that I can actually try out and maybe get back into the gist of things, I guess. But Mm -hmm. your game definitely caught my eye for this year unlike choo-choo charles and poppy playtime you got all of those indie horror games out there and you got bendy and you got amanda the adventurer as well um i think dread xp also published that game as well besides my Friendly neighborhood uh that's right yeah so yeah and like mfn2 though like john <laughs> i i i i don't know i don't know if you can share anything right now you probably can't i don't know if you, i don't know what kind of Secrets are being kept behind the doors there, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, I get to see Norman again. Hopefully, I get to see Gordon again, and all. And I love uh, Ricky. Uh, Was it Ricky the sock puppet, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) I like that character a lot, man. Ricky was always my favorite through the all of development. Yeah, (laughs) like, what what was the like inspiration behind? The game setting and uh like the gameplay of it
1: uh well there's some uh inspirations that are a little more obvious than others uh certain certain children's programming uh is definitely something that i think bubbles to the top for a lot of people when they look at the game um you'd be surprised to hear that a lot of the inspiration came more from games and less from other things uh and this answer would be different uh if you asked evan um, who is, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, he was kind of the pseudo-co-director of the project. Um, he was in charge of environment design and narrative. Um, but for me, a lot of the inspiration came from the survival horror sources, um, things like edutainment games, uh, especially in the first half of the project. I was looking a lot at things that I liked from edutainment games that I played as a kid, and kind of trying to use those as creative impetus uh, as it were, and other things uh, like Myst, uh, a game that I played a lot as a kid, uh, taking puzzle design from there. Uh, those sort of things, I would say, were more influential to the direction of forming the game as opposed to just simply the concept of the game, if that kind of makes sense. Interesting. And Evan Zemeski, you,
0: you're referring to, correct? That's correct, yeah. Is, Evan, that, that, uh, is, that, uh, is that your brother? Uh, so? Yes, the other Shamansky brother. <laughs> uh, is he your, your younger brother or is he your also older brother? Also older. Yeah, I'm the youngest of all of them. Oh, interesting. Okay, so there's three of you, correct? That's correct, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's like you don't have any sisters or anything? You don't have any? <laughs> no, no more Shemanskis hiding in the woodwork. no. <laughs> oh, God. So, so the oldest is uh, David and then Evan and then you correct that's correct okay okay yeah I was just trying to get a bigger picture I was just trying to get my head clear because I'm getting confused because you guys all have the same last name like Zemansky I see the 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 first Zemansky and the second Zemansky and the third Zemansky and I'm expecting a fourth to come out of nowhere now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that seems to be kind of the general sentiment whenever anybody
1: finds out that like David and I are related then they find out that there's another one named Evan, and then that just makes them think that that the Shemanskis are going to be crawling all over their houses and biting chunks out of their furniture for sustenance or something like that. That seems to be the general idea, at least. My God, I,
0: I, I gotta, I gotta be your brothers, man. I gotta, <laughs> okay, we yeah, have. uh you're, you're you're actually the first one I've actually spoken to. Well, obviously, because I've actually played my friendly neighborhood and the thing is that i had already played iron lung i was recommended the game earlier on this year i did not exactly get to play throughout the game yeah and um yeah iron
1: lung is a nice little bite-sized experience it's something that you could sit down and play within an hour and get a good bit of the experience from um i know that that's how david tends to like to make projects right now is making this like having a full idea that you can sit down and play through in a reasonable
0: amount of time. Um, he's talked about that a lot, uh, me and Evan. All right. So we have um, actually, so for this episode, we actually um, not will only be featuring me and obviously the main star, you. Uh, we also have another member that's also going to be here on the show with us today, and Jackson Merrill. He is the New co-host of the podcast. All right. All right. So I'm going to. Uh, yeah. So let me just uh, add him real quick into the call, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. No problem at all. All right. There it is. Should be good. Jackson. Welcome. Oh. This is this is Jackson. This is the co-host of Indie Horror Talk podcast. Hey. What, what's going on? You, man. Yeah, you too. I didn't know. Yeah, you guys call me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do apologize about that it's all right it's all right yeah all alrighty so jackson would you like to take it away from here uh yeah you can uh you can go ahead and take it from here you get the go take a shot at it
2: oh yeah let's just so where did you get the idea for the weapon scene in the game like like to say like the just the weapons in general like the ones that shoot letters at the characters yeah
1: um uh well the idea of uh so uh, we were talking about how part of the inspiration for the game uh came from like edutainment games that i played as a kid and stuff like that uh i found it a a funny little idea if it's uh that there's this underlying sense that you're like teaching these characters the alphabet by literally hitting them over the head with these large metal alphabet representatives right (laughs) oh um (laughs) So then the, the question is, well, what kind of weapon would fire these sort of alphabet shapes that the puppets would be encountering as you're going through the, the world? And immediately the thought was, well, obviously it has to have something to do with like literature, typewriters, something along those lines, because those are things that produce these letters normally. So it's not too far of a jump to think that somebody would like cobble one of these together to create some mechanism that would be able to fire them as a projectile. Excuse me. So our concept artist, uh excuse me, our concept okay. artist uh Jesse <laughs> um uh kind of took that and ran with it. Uh I gave him very little uh influence on what direction to take just some I, I, I sent him a video with some ideas of how I wanted the character to reload something um and then kind of let him go and take that information and work with it as he would And after several renditions uh of that sort of back and forth we came to the rolodexer um which we then later renamed to the stenographer um and uh all the guns after that were kind of based off of that styling so that it would feel like a cohesive set of weaponry that you're taking through the game
0: hey uh john you have a spare gun i could use <laughs> Nope. I uh, I would love to have like a little
1: like a Nerf representation of one of the guns, uh, but no. Jackson, <laughs> Jackson,
0: would you like a spare gun?
2: Uh, no, uh, I think I'm good. Uh, but honestly, just the way you just... <laughs> just the idea of just shooting like letters at characters in order for them to learn the alphabet, like the way, just you saying that, just, it just makes...
1: I don't know, it just makes things way funnier than it
2: already is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Of course, that's, like, one of those, like, underlying ideas that isn't really actually part of the narrative. But that's, like, the impression that I wanted to get across is, like, oh, yeah, you know, this is how you would teach these puppets the alphabet if you were going to do it. Um, So not necessarily even lore-centric, but just something that spurred the idea in the first place is kind of how I would say that. Honestly, I
2: I love for someone to teach the alphabet just by, like, shooting it He's, i'm just i just i'm just, i just keep imagining like a teacher's like pulling out like a like one of those guns is just shooting it like in hopes it's just for like for a kiss just to learn the alphabets or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's okay speaking of narratives uh did you already have the game's story and lore in mind when developing
1: the game and how deep does the lore go in general <laughs> um i Definitely had an idea. So I kind of started the project myself and then slowly people were brought on over the course of the project to help in various areas. One of those people was Evan, who is the person who ended up writing the full script for the game. Um that's my brother, uh just FYI. Um
0: so uh which semester ed- exactly. Uh the the Evan oh, little, uh child Eld- child Eld- Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Evan himself.
1: Mr. Evan, that's right. Evan, um, yes. So he took some of the ideas that I had and then wrote his own narrative around those ideas. Um, I will say this, the script took a very, very long time. Um, it was not the best way to go about writing a narrative, me having ideas up front and kind of, like, working on those and then somebody else coming in and, like, creating a new script. But that's not due to Evans' fault. Evans' narrative was far better than mine was. Uh, That was just due to the process of like slowly bringing people on over time. Um, So yeah, the the ideas were there from the beginning of the game, but enough changed that if I was to like describe the story as I originally intended it, um, it would kind of be a far a far reach from what the story ended up being Uh, and that is for the better. Um, I I think that Evan's narrative really managed to tap into things that were far more interesting uh, and maybe more artistic uh, and lasting than just whatever I had cooked up in the week that I had to put together the concept for the game uh, before I pitched it, you know?
2: Yeah, but honestly I think like the game's narrative itself is like really unique when it comes to those kinds of games in the genre, it's like, usually, like, when it comes to, like, like, essentially mascot horror games, like, there is a, they always share a same over like, theme of, like, possession and all that stuff, but I think My Friendly Neighborhood just, I think it just, like, works the way it is. It's
1: just that puppets exist. They're moving around. and Yeah. They, yeah, it's a breath of fresh air is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's something that was intended from the beginning um the focus i we always knew that the focus was going to be on something other than just the fact that there's monsters if that kind of makes sense but we wanted to branch into something uh a little <laughs> bit more deep or whimsical or something else you know we wanted to branch off in a different direction somehow um so i'm, I'm glad to hear that that uh, landed for you guys at least yeah.
2: Yeah, as as a writer, I I think it really works well.
0: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Anytime.
2: And, yeah, speaking of scraps scrap stuff, boy. Well, uh any scrapped and or unused ideas for the game that could have been implemented either due to time, budget, etc.
1: Yeah, a lot. Um although I will say most of what we wanted to accomplish we were able to put into the game in some form or another. Uh, There's definitely, as with any especially large project, um, there is stuff that you just kind of wanted to do, but just didn't come to fruition for one reason or another. Uh, For instance, I fully intended to have different types of ammo uh, for the stenographer uh, game, the game that you started with. Yeah, um, I wanted to have different fonts, have different ammo properties. I thought that that fit and it made sense mechanically. Um, it would be kind of cool and unique. Uh, and we just didn't end up having the mental space to be able to really do justice to that idea. Um, another is uh, changing the size of the inventory as you go through the game. Um, I, I think Evan and I both agree that that would have actually benefited the game as it stood to do that, start with a smaller inventory and then have inventory upgrades spread throughout the world. Um, just did not end up having the time or the space to really fully flesh out the idea um, to the extent where we could put it in for the final product. Um, I wanted to have uh, some other things that you could do with the tokens, um, things that weren't necessarily uh, helpful in any way, but would be interesting little diversions, because when you're a kid, you know, you, you have the choice, if you have a quarter, you have the choice of saving that in case you need it for later, or using it at like an arcade machine or to buy candy or something like that and that is literally paralleling uh resource management in a survival horror game it's do I use I... it now or do I save it for later and so I thought oh that's really cool you know there's this weird parallel to like something we've all experienced and like a core design principle of survival horror it would be nice if we could play on that a little bit and have like a couple things that you can do like an arcade machine or a Something else um, uh, that aren't really useful, but that people would want to do, but they'd have to use these saves tokens to do it in the game. Um, but once again, that just didn't end up being in the cards for time reasons. So I yeah. should get a I should get a free
0: Norman YouTubes figure at this point. Oh, is that right? Oh yes, yes please. Hey hey hey! hey don't push it! Don't push it!
2: <laughs> As your king goes, I must make sure that you don't. Uh... Go <laughs> oh too far, man. <laughs>
0: all right, all right, okay. I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. okay, so uh anywho, uh so next question. Uh this revolves around a character, as some some of you all may know, uh Ricky. More specifically, his voice, and that is provided by none other than Arlo himself. And I I just gotta ask, like how how did you get arlo involved with the, in the production and like the oh, war, like the
1: <laughs> yeah this was a this was a targeted assignment right cuz i know that arlo is particularly uh, uh it, it, arlo very much likes puppets like that's that's obvious right i also happen to know that arlo very much likes survival horror games particularly resident evil and so uh, we kind of wrote Ricky, assuming that with enough dedication, we would be able to get Arlo to voice Ricky. <laughs> um, and uh, that was pretty much exactly the case. Uh, it just took a few emails plus uh, a little poke from our voice director, who is a well-known YouTuber uh, uh, named Jello Apocalypse. Um, and eventually we are able to uh, to get Arlo to at least like send in a um, a voice, uh, test, uh, and he was very interested in doing the project. So he really just wanted to see like, okay, you know, are we, uh, are we happy with his direction with the character? Um, we also had some other people send in voice samples from a casting call that we had done and we did a, uh, a fair assessment of everybody cause we didn't want to, um, waste anybody's time for sending in these samples. But at the end of the day, Uh, it still really felt like Arlo was the best fit for the character Um, so we uh, we all agreed that that was a good direction to go Um, had like three or four recording sessions and that was that yeah
2: honestly I I think Arlo did like a really great job as Ricky like yeah like and sometimes like whenever I'm hearing him I kind of forget that's arlo like i had to remind myself over and over again oh that's arlo that's a famous youtuber like is is in a weird way it he just works
1: yeah like yeah Yeah, once again like he was written with
0: arlo in mind right (laughs) like that was the end goal so yeah and (laughs) it really worked this this is interesting so wait so jackson what do you mean by like how like like how does it work like with Ricky and his voice. Oh, no,
2: just, I, I'm, I'm not... It's either the voice, the mannerisms, the animation. I'm not sure. It just works.
0: <laughs> the sock puppet is a good idea, though, I gotta say. Yeah, that was also from
1: our... uh our uh, um character designer. <laughs> he just kind of... I, I asked him to just give me a page of random ideas, and, and Ricky was one of those ideas. There's actually several other ideas that, from that same page that ended up being puppets that we used in the game as well it was uh jesse is is a very talented individual
0: well credit goes to them and thanks to them yeah hey by the way jackson i want to turn you into a puppet now wait what yeah (laughs) i want to turn you into a puppet now (laughs) i want to put you in my still i have
2: so much to live for
0: (laughs) no john please turn him into a puppet
1: I, bring- uh, I I think I don't have the ability to turn people into puppets. Puppets just exist. According to the lore of the game, anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or so or so so you <laughs> say. <laughs> <Or the allies. laughs> hey. Yeah, you never, you never know <laughs> <laughs> You are lying to us and break desights. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbit hole's deeper than it goes, I swear. <laughs>
0: don't worry, Jackson, I'll kidnap you. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, very
1: um uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Very oh good. <laughs> oh my
0: god. Okay,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> uh so uh
2: getting back on topic, uh yeah. regarding the game's like popularity, like did you like in any way expect it to to like get as big as it is? Like did you expect like this many people fighting out? Did you expect like getting like YouTube figures, like mini let's play videos, like all that stuff? Did you expect that at all like or at least how it got up to the way it is
1: well the the game was conceptualized as not being a small project um so there is when you like you know we had a a budget to work with um and a publisher uh so when you have resources like that there is some sort of an expectation for a game to not just completely fly under the radar um at least that's the hope right Um, Because you're actually putting professional time and professional money into uh, a project. And uh, with the intent of at least being able to make that money back um, so that you're not in the hole, you know. Um, So to a degree, yes. Um, I think that uh, everybody was very surprised, pleasantly surprised at specifically the reception that the demo got. Um, the I, I would actually say that the demo was a, a much larger release than the uh, in terms of like visibility and and downloads and stuff than the uh, final game was. Um, and that's partially to be expected. It was the first release, uh, quote unquote, of anything MFN related. It's a free demo versus a paid product. you know, there's a difference there. Um, and then some other factors uh, as well. So okay.
0: the funny thing is that, John, I okay, so Jackson, wait, Jackson, did you play the um the game yet? Or oh, wait, I'm assuming you already did, right?
2: Uh, I haven't. Uh, I've done my re. I've done my homework on it. Like, I just haven't. I've just been busy with like all sorts of
1: stuff. But like, I yeah. know I've done my homework. I haven't the played game. the game yet either. So, <laughs> what oh, you oh 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 okay. So oh, okay, that's interesting. All right. Well, I've played. I mean, I've played more of Mfn than anybody. On the planet, well, I've I mean, not actually been able to sit down and press the new game button and play to the end boss. I've only played in different segments as I've done different testing rounds and stuff, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, Jackson, is that all you have? Uh, Yeah, you can take it from here, man. Jackson, you've done a wonderful job john you good guys are great.
2: i'm gonna send the corner now <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right all righty now so all right back to me now john me and you all right so can we expect any more mfn in the future that is a
1: very good question um there is obviously some extent that i can't really talk about this uh, uh yeah. i'm sure you understand <laughs> um, yeah i will say though uh Evan and I are looking at what our next project is going to be. We've actually actively started the process of doing our research and uh, and playing the games that we would want to have under our belt before we started on a new project. Um, and uh, at the moment, MFN 2 is not on the board. Um, on however, the that does not mean <gasps> that more MFN stuff is not being looked at and oh. discussed and planned oh. really yeah so there there's a bit of a of a yes to that answer and are, are, are a, you
0: are you allowed to share this <laughs> are you
1: are you well, i mean i would be the one that would be telling people not to share it right so i, I think i think we're good i can't oh, okay. say what uh is being looked at and i can't say uh like by whom or anything oh my like god that. i i can say that we are trying to do our due diligence to like continue giving people something um even though evan and i are not directly focused on specifically just doing the next mfn follow-up at the moment um that could change uh i we could come back to you in four months and say yeah we decided to do mfn follow-up at the moment that's not what we're looking at, but we do have MFN related stuff. But it is on that
0: the we table. are looking at trying to do. It, it, but, oh, sorry. But I do apologize. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. Sure. It's okay. Um, like so, but it's still on the table. Yes, it's still on the table. Someone. I guess I'll just I'll just leave it at
1: possibly. possibly. Um, I don't want to go into too much more detail than that. Yeah, it's better is better left unsaid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, for the moment, yeah.
0: Yeah, don't worry. I trust you, man. And honestly, you're the creator of the game, John. You know what you're doing, and I hope the fans out there will be satisfied with what you come forward with, whatever you're going to be planning in the future, for the future. Yeah, of we're your being games. really, we're being very conscious
1: of like making sure that whatever it is that we really put our time into is going to um, be something that people who like MFN are also going to be excited for, um, for m- many reasons. I mean, we don't want to disappoint people, uh, primarily, um, and we want to give some people something that they would be excited about. Um, and it's also just a good business idea. Make sure that you're pleasing your audience, you know? <laughs> um, but Evan and I are, are pretty, uh, let's say uh people that really like to continue to search for like the new the new idea that really excites us and makes us want to dig into something um and uh we we are feeling like we've got a couple possibilities that are really exciting for us and we want to go after those and see
0: where they lead Interesting. I'm. Uh, I am very interested now, I, and I believe Jackson is also interested in this as well. I think Jackson is hiding in the corner, if I'm
1: not mistaken. That's the last I heard of Jackson.
0: Oh no! Oh, there he is. Oh. Very nice
1: corner. It's- <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it? Is it comfy? Uh, yes. Okay, Jackson. Okay, you go back in your corner. Thank you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. All right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> So, John, yes. Is Gordon a puppet?
1: Oh, you want me to answer lore questions? (laughs) You know it, John. You know it. I have heard from a wise individual that the best thing that you can do is never directly answer any lore questions about your game. My lips are sealed
0: and they will stay there. Oh no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right, everyone write this down as we speak. So, what's what's under like, okay, so this is the one question I also had on my mind. Uh, what what what? Yes, what's under what's under Rick's body? What what's under Ricky's body? Like yeah, Ricky's
1: body. I I mean, you'll have to take the camera into free mode and and take a look. See what you find. Wait, are you serious? Have you done it? No, I
0: haven't. Oh, journalistic research is afoot. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, so wait, wait, wait. There's actually something underneath Ricky's body. I didn't say that. Oh really? Oh really, John? Really? Really? You gonna go over there with me? You gonna tell me how you didn't say nothing
1: now? Huh? I uh, I did not. <laughs> I just said to go take the camera and look. I didn't say what you would find. Really? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> God. All right. Like, honestly, like, just like to wrap this whole thing up for this episode. And, John, I would like to give my heartfelt thank you for being on this episode with us and Now that we have Jackson Merrill here as our co-host for today's podcast episode, and thank you so much for making everyone smile. Thank you, like, actually, like, bringing a game that can actually, like, give hope again.
1: Yeah, that's uh, uh, my pleasure, and I hope to continue to be able to do so. Um, Yeah, we we have a goal of not making stuff solely for entertainment, but uh, with something that can be lasting and helpful to people in the long run that's that's the hope um and we're going to continue trying our best to do so
0: and please keep me updated if you can please
1: <laughs>
0: yeah we'll we'll see when updates come through it could be it could be a
1: while or it could be that we have uh our our idea set quickly um we're we're in that phase where we're keeping our avenues very open until we really uh-huh.
0: feel certain what we want to do okay so all right um Jackson is there anything you'd like to say is there anything that you'd like to ask John
2: uh not that I can think of no uh aside from the uh puppets and uh like this if Gordon was a puppet or if the puppets were possessed, thing I just I just wrote that down because I just need something to fill in the 11th uh poll shaped question
0: but, uh, <laughs> oh well, wait oh yeah, that... the, oh, the, oh yeah I the, shoot I didn't ask him that.
2: No, it's all right. I just put
0: them in as a joke because I
2: knew, I knew people were going to be asking that. Oh, boy. You know how, like,
0: indie horror games are, you know? Especially, like, certain... Credits. Well, yeah, um, there's definitely uh, a game that we uh, can say... Uh, wait, uh, pop, are you referring to Poppy plaything? No, I'm referring to, like... I'm talking about the theorist, man. Like, I'm oh, talking the, about the thief. Oh, Oh, Jesus, yeah, because I don't don't do theorizing this. Like, that's the one thing I uh, fail to suck at. (laughs) (laughs) No, it sounds like you should be theorizing about what is
1: under Ricky by going into free cam. That is, looks like you've given me a a homework assignment for today. Sounds like I have, yeah. Sounds like you have. This is, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, all, all all I have to say is, like,
2: thank you for coming on to the show, man.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, honestly, John. Yeah, um, yeah, no problem. All right. So, um, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we'll be seeing you next time. Until for now, featuring John Ducky Dev himself. All right. Hello, goodbye. And uh, <laughs> he says, "Hello, goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> and then Jackson. Thank you to Jackson for being on the show today, being our co-host. Thank you so much for being on our boys. Honestly, it means a lot. Anytime, man. And uh, let's yep, see. Yep. Let's see until next time, shall we? Let's see what the next episode will bring on our adventures. Until next time,
2: bye.